nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me this week, Sir Michael Livesley, we have... I am the Lord of the Dance, said he, and he is Paul Carmichael. Hello. Why are you the Lord of the Dance, said he? I don't know. I can't dance at the moment, that's for sure. My legs aren't working properly, mate, so... <laughs> yes, well, maybe we should uh, we should forewarn uh, the mm. boys and girls that you may have to disappear for an emergency piss at any I, point. I might have to. It's a bit strange, this one. Yeah, it's all being looked into by very clever people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I might suddenly have to just go, oh, piss break, and you'll just, you just have to... just pass it into the old goblet? Well, I'm, I'm drinking the cup of tea as quick as I can, but... It, it might happen, it might not. It might happen, it might not. So you've, uh, it's been a crazy week. I mean, mm. probably the craziest week I've known since records began. Yes. Um, and, and one incredible aspect of it is to remain sober. Mm. Um, never done a show sober. Well, I've done a show, haven't I? I did the pub the other week. But not a big one like this. Well, we both were, weren't we? Neither of us had a drop or anything. I was impressed. No, but you're sort of, you're stoic and you don't drink, do you? I mean, well, I don't even think about it. It didn't cross my mind either. I'm in your gang now. Uh, well, not if there's a show. I've always been a bit like, nope, show first. And producer head goes on. Because of because of this bloody station, that's yes. why. All of I've a sudden, only ever I'm... had like five or six pints, though. I've never really drank much oh, before the show. Yeah. Primary school drinking, then. Oh, for the girls around the bike sheds. Yes. Before <laughs> the chemistry exams. Yeah, that's um, sort of drinking. In the old days, obviously, I fell off stage pissed, but that was mm. that was singing in bands, you know, mm. which which this was, I suppose, as well. Uh, but yeah. we'll get to that in a bit. So Uncle Paul, the kiddies' pal, mm. has not been well. I wouldn't. You're not really unwell, are you? Well, no, I'm not unwell, dear. It's just it, my legs aren't working properly. It's all a bit peculiar. Uh, so I've I'm uh, well. Depending on when this goes out, I imagine it's going to be Monday, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be Monday. So, as you were watching this, quite possibly, I'm uh, in a little fetal position, uh, having things done to me, which happened last week. Mm. Which, and I don't mind sharing this bit. Um, okay. Absolutely, no worries with this. So, I was, I wasn't feeling the best last week, and so I phoned up the doctors and said what the symptoms were. And it was the usual thing, you know, you can't get a doctor's appointment these days, not for love nor money or no. any form of bribery. Um, so, they were, oh, fair enough, um, because the lady said, well, we'll phone you back within 48 hours and let you know if you need an appointment. So, they're, OK, fine. Yeah. Three minutes later, the phone goes and they say, oh, could you go to A&E immediately? Mm, no, oh, I don't really want to. But okay. I'd have been instantly in the lavatory. Oh, I. Yes. Yeah. Instantly, just fear, just absolute fear. Yeah. Um, and then panicking about, but which hospital do I go to? It's just ludicrous. The, the one closest, you would assume. No, I went to the one furthest away so I could did think. You? Yes, I did. Oh, I, I thought that was near you. What was it, Arrow Park? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that is the nearest one, but it's still sort of like, it, it's a lot uh, nearer than the one I was next to, which was the Liverpool. Yeah. I was pretty much next door. Anyway, they were very thorough, but there's thorough and then there's thorough. Mm. Mm. Now yes. that, so uh, I there were blood tests, which uh, I've got to say, right? I've got to say here that the the doctor who I who dealt with me was absolutely stunning. I mean, properly. It, may, it was one of those where you actually, went, oh, thank God, we've got a health service, really. Mm. Um, so blood tests, I'm not very good with. I am the proverbial girl. With blood tests. Was this the needles? 
Mm, don't like them. Um, Train spotting. Oh, that's exactly it. Mm. Immediately, I assume mm. I shall die of the skag. But yes, uh, yes. there'll be a baby crawling across the ceiling, screaming at you. Precisely that. Burly noticed. That's Burly cool. noticed. It was just a little, little. I mean, not even a pinprick. It wasn't even that. It was just. Uh, oh, you're doing it right. Okay, and then oh, oh, it's done. Well, Fair you enough. needed George Layton there to do the just a little prick joke. I did really. However, yeah. I possibly bettered that um, when it was suggested to me that there were various other things that could be tried here, uh, including a rectal examination. Cavity search. Huh? Yes. Um, to which I, in a moment of pure panic, looked at this doctor, lady doctor, who was probably about 25 years old, and I said, surely you should let me buy you dinner first. Oh, wow. That is out of the 1978 Benny Hill gag book. It really was. Mm. It really was. Ah, now, this is the thing with younger people. Did the mm. gag actually register as a gag, or did were they just words that she couldn't understand? No, it landed. Oh. It landed. So I thought, okay, that's good. Nevertheless, I still ended up sort of like having to drop the trousers and then assume the position. Um, but she, <laughs> she said, um, because I'm going to do this, I'll get a chaperone. Uh, and before that, it had been this thing of, of basically saying, right, well, I'm going to examine... you a young Italian woman? Well, she's, uh, you know, before that, it was all, uh, you're going to have to take your trousers off and all that. Do you want me to get a chaperone? And I said, well, no, no, I think we'll be all right for that. So I can quite happily take my trousers off, dear. Hmm. So that was fine. And then when it came to us, hmm. she said, uh, do you want a chaperone? Um... No, she didn't. She said, I'll get a chaperone. This wasn't, okay. should I? This is, I'm getting a chaperone. Unless that's a sort of ice cream. Well, uh, Would you like one while I'm going for a chaperone? Chocnut? One of those? A quick Gino Ginelli, sir? A Gino um, Ginelli um, chaperone. Yes. Know. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? But, um, yes. So, anyway, so I'll go and get a chaperone. So, I naturally assume it's going to be the lady doctor. And then it'll come some big Bernard Breslau-type figure. Uh, oh, please in. tell me dressed like a nurse a la carry-on matron. You can read my mind, dear. That's exactly oh, that, what... Now that's what we want. Oh, no, it's that... carry-on doctor where he does that. Isn't I it? think it's doctor, yeah. And yeah. that was precisely what I thought I'm going to get. I'm going to go, hello, one of them. Yeah. Cool, no. Sid. No, no. Brought back another young female doctor about the same age. So there's no. two of them now. And I'm like, oh. And then and then she said, okay, so I'll just have a look and spread them. And she went, yes, it looks fine. It looks like a bottom. <laughs> thank you. As I said, I, what else do you say apart from thank you? Oh, I don't. <laughs> and, and, then, and then it was, and then... Tree lube. trunk. Poof, up we go. Aye. Yeah. That was, that was Wednesday. Yeah, very, yeah. very Wednesday, that. It was, it was very Wednesday. It's like um, the Billy Conley routine where he has to have it done and he's like that. If I turn round and this doctor's got his hands on his hips, murder <laughs> will be done. <laughs> yes, it was exactly like that. Um, not an unpleasant experience. I don't know if I should say that. I'm on a well, you probably need to pay for young ladies to do that sort of thing. Normally, yes. <laughs> Instead, it was just a seven-hour wait. But... Uh, once you were through the seven-hour wait, they were more than happy to put their fingers finger up, up your ass. Yeah, so it was an odd week. Um, th so mm. that was that was Wednesday, um, and then we yeah. get to Thursday, and then we get to Thursday, which is why I'm wearing this shirt. 
Wonderful shirt. I think I made yes. a right, wise choice for you Very there. Very wise choice. I was going all season nine. Mm. But the suit didn't arrive, so I couldn't go full season nine. Has the suit arrived yet? No, I've cancelled it. They can piss off. Fuck them. I shall go to a, a, a vintage shop and get something else. Something mm. authentic. Mm. Um, instead of that. But the show was brilliant. It was really enjoyable and, and well done you for not only enduring a... What? Six-hour journey there? Six-hour journey there. And an 11-hour journey back. We'll talk about the journey back in a moment. So we should explain for the boys and girls here who mm. don't know, and God knows we've talked about it enough. Um, this was Vivian Stanchel's 80th birthday party at the uh, Union Chapel. Mm -hmm. uh, in northwest London, which is pretty much the nicest venue I've yeah, been involved in for a, for a live show. I mean, it's a massive, massive old church. You know, you think mm. whenever I think chapel, I think oh, a little chapel on the hill, Dennis Lil reading the eulogy, oh, Bible oh, black, bit of that. Yeah. No, no, it was bloody huge. Um, oh, it was enormous, absolutely huge. Uh, pardon, venue. Um, and and in there, we celebrated what would have been the 80th birthday of the great man, Vivian Stanchel. And launched the two new albums. And launched two albums. It's July 14th. It's not bad for two people who were shit at school, is it? Well, what got to me, what not, never got to me, what, what was made apparent, it was like I was stood on stage and I think we'd finished the first two numbers and it was just like, fucking hell, this is actually quite a big show. Well, yes, it was a sold-out 900-seater venue, yes. But the uh, the actual show we were putting on was big. It was a big <clears> bugger. <throat> and it yeah. dawned on me, uh, there and then, it was like, Christ, there's a lot for me to coordinate as the evening goes on. There's a lot of people to get on and off. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be singing for two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it only... Why this only dawned on me then, when we've been rehearsing for... Um, Months. Uh, months. I've no idea. Mm. Um, but we never ran the show in its entirety until the night. So no, we that. didn't. We tried. Um, we we tried. Manage. We tried. We but, manage. I mean, let's be honest. We had a trumpet player, Martin mm. Getwell soon, mm -hmm. who came off his bike and bit through his top lip. Yep. He's recovering well, though, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, we had the wonderful Johnny Purple Hayes, oh, percussionist Johnny. for the Sir Henry show, who had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, there was you with your touchy toes time mm -hmm. right yeah. up yeah yeah right up right up um there was all that so it was just yeah it was done on the on the night really mm. um but um yeah so that was the 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 dawning mm. but it went really splendidly well and it i've, I've not heard a, a bad report from any of the audience so thank you thank you not audience. at all no um yeah kevin elden kevin elden the Stunning. actor Kevin Eldon turned Stunning. up. He'd been working, hadn't he, until stupid o'clock. Yeah, on, on this, uh, what is it called, Rings of Power? Uh, yeah, that's the Lord of the Rings, I was about to say, rip-off. Um, what do they call it? Metaverse? Is that the thing they call it? Don't know. Tolkienverse. Tolkienverse. Um, so he'd been working on that, and he'd done something stupid, like he'd been on it from four in the morning till yep. nine. Six p.m. or something. And then, yeah, and then he got whisked. Whiz straight to the theatre. None of us knew what he was going to do. And Three ran. hours in makeup in God. the morning. He scraped all that off and then got there. Mm. No rehearsal. Mm. Got into his costume. Mm -hmm. Did the first number. 
because uh, he's on the text, um, so we're on the WhatsApp thing, and he's like, oh, can you send me the set list? I was thinking, well, that might be useful for him. Mm. Let's send him that. Yes. <laughs> this is like, set, you know, 6.30, quarter seven. No, it must have been gone seven. The show's yeah, going yeah. up at quarter yeah. to eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll send him the set list. Oh, God, I need to do a costume change. Can you do it? All right, let's change that around. Yes. Um, so we did that, and then, um, but he just, you know, I'd sent him recordings of the rehearsal. He's like, right, so how many solos are in? Look out, there's a monster coming. Right, there are six. Good, okay, no problem. Uh-huh. And then there's a great clip, and there's some great photos which need collating and putting online, which they will be. Mm. But during his look out, there was a monster coming, this really lovely Dada thing he was doing where he was just stood there looking at things and band members yes and then frizz thought he'd gone off the stage because he went right to the back of the stage and just stood and stirred i think at the wall i couldn't see him it was the wall he was it stirring was the wall he was staring yeah. at Next to the and pulpit. so frizz comes over to me i mean if you see the photographs they're great he comes over and he's like has he has he, has he left the stage because they're in the middle of the solos yeah and i just went over and i was like he's over there and just as uh that communication finishes i move away and mm. Eldon runs back, and he virtually knocks Frizz over. Yeah, Frizz just gets his bass out the way at the, at the right point, mm. and then he's back on the mic. It's just I brilliant. Mean, people. So um, Richard rang me the next day, saying, um, you know, congratulations and whatnot. And he was saying, yeah, uh, all the chaos was that rehearsed or was that just sort of spontaneous? I was like, fucking <laughs> hell, mate. No, <laughs> no. Not not rehearsed at all. I said you were watching the rehearsal. Yes, absolutely. You know? And as then, it, yeah. Sorry, as it should be. I think for a as show like that, be, if it's there's a danger. Up. There's a danger with some sometimes of 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 too much prep, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And certain well, shows we were, have got we were certainly that. not in danger of that. Oh, it's like it's like this podcast. Like Ninety this podcast. episodes, no prep. No, yeah. no, no. Seems not to at work. all. But I mean, yes. well, the music was prepped. Everything mm. was prepped in its own sort of... So the Henry stuff had been prepped mm. and the Bonzo stuff had been prepped. It had never been run together. And obviously well, yeah. the guests just arrived on the day. And obviously the lighting had been prepped, but I didn't know if it was going to bloody work until suddenly we're in no. the show. That was, for me, you know what? Monster, uh, watching Kevin turn up on stage with his massive fake boobs uh, and that performance was lovely. But from from my point of view, right at the back... Um, there was something very sort of lovely and old-fashioned about the way that we had to do that because um, the lighting operator I was working with, who was South African... Oh, and Um, and a big shout-out to the technical team, though, who were brilliant. I mean, I I dealt with Brian and Ben. I don't know who you dealt with, but Brian and Ben were fantastic. uh, Brian and Ben were fantastic. Um, Everybody that I dealt with Mm. were were just absolute absolute stars. I mean, they... uh, God, they were brilliant, weren't they? Well, the email, because I said, obviously, one always emails or, or whatever. If it's local, drop some chockies in or something the next mm. day to the theatre to thank them. Uh, but this was an email, as they're not round the corner. Yes. Um, and they just, um, you know, their reply was, you know, it was a pleasure to work with us and uh, come back soon. Oh, which, lovely. And, and to be honest with you, when we finished the show, um, the, the sort of, I suppose the best way to describe them is they're probably students aren't they but the youngsters who who do all the ushering and stuff mm. like that in the black hoodies with the earpieces on and stuff like that yeah <clears throat> you never ever get anything like that no. and um they were just saying they were just all smiles and just saying oh we love that show so much so and the guy on the door 
So yeah. so there was a curfew on the stage of 10.30. Now, this is the thing that I'm most proud of. When we come off, the mm -hmm. guy on the security who never, you know, never opened his mouth at all, uh, and he just looks at his watch, he's like, 10.29 and 30 seconds. Uh, talk about fucking professionals. <laughs> and then he said to me, in 25 years of working here, that's the best fucking show I've ever seen. There we go. And it was just like, God, wow. You know? There we go. No, um, we're, but it, the lighting was stupendous. Well, Nick you know? was the lighting operator. Uh, Rick. Nick was Nick. Nick. Nick was stunning. And when it came to Monster, I'd say, so we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And there's greens and there's this. And he went, oh, you know, just just, just conduct me. So, uh, okay. So it was like conducting the lighting at the back. Green. Uh, oh, it was lovely. I mean, it well, was, the lighting elevated it. It because was, if I, you look at shows from the Union Chapel on YouTube and mm. they've just got one light on them, yeah, it's it's you know it's not an experience. And although I don't think an audience is particularly cognitively aware that colours are changing, it's part of the spectacle. Exactly, yeah, you know. So, so yes, I think we can mark that one down as a success, dear. A very, very great success. I think we yes. did uh, Happy Birthday, Viv, and I think we did the old Bugger Proud. I think we did. You I think know, we absolutely did. But the material um, is fantastic. You can't oh, go wrong with that wonderful material. You can't. No. Uh, it's it's beautiful and genuinely timeless stuff. You know. Yeah, because, well, it exists in its own <coughs> time, doesn't it? Well, that's it because it's it's got it, it draws its influences <coughs> from the twenties, from from the sixties, obviously. But then, to so to them, it wasn't contemporary either. And it no. was pastiche already. So to us, it has the same timeless quality. Um, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful material to work with. Absolutely just stunning. Yeah. Stunning. A, a genuine thrill to have Rodney and Larry there. Yes. Oh, that was lovely. Um, the, those of you who don't know, that's two members of the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Um, who were with us on stage. And it was, yeah. Well, we were in rehearsal. There was one song, Mr. Slater's Parrot and... Which is obviously written about Rodney by Viv. Mm. Um, and Rodney told me the story. You know, he said that there was a flaw. We've told this story before, listeners, sorry. But he said there was, Harrods used to have an entire floor of animals. And they were, mm. you could go and buy a bloody tiger or something in there, mm. right, in the 60s. And he said he bought a parrot out of there. And he said and it arrived in a crate, like, you know, jammed in this parrot. <laughs> so it was just like, oh, sorry, Mr. Slater, parrot. Um, <laughs> So, you know, this poor parrot, but Viv used to, well, they all used to delight in trying to get it to swear, you know, bagger off, and all yes. that. <laughs> so the song got written, but that was one song. That I, I don't know why, but I kept getting the words mixed up, you know. Mm. Uh, we like to hear him bite, squeak, or whatever it was. And I thought, well, I'll brush up on that on the day. Anyway, Rodney arrived, and we were having the sound check. Mm. And we, right, okay, which ones are you doing, Rod? Okay, so you're doing uh, Mr. Slater's My Pink Half. And um, is really sort of fragile and beautifully poignant version of the cracks are showing, which was he was. I spoke to him this morning on the phone, and he was saying to, he was meant to he was going to say a lot more about Viv, but he just went. He's, he just cracked mm. his emotion, you mm. know, appropriately his emotion cracked, which yeah. I thought was a sweet moment, very tender. <clears throat> anyway, when we're in um, rehearsals doing Mr. Slater's. Um, because I was thinking, right, and, and like I say, I, I was thinking I'd brush up on the lyrics, and then we got to the bit, and I, I started the song, when Mr. Sl and I, off, he's singing this, great. He's, yeah. I, I didn't know he was singing the whole song. Uh-huh. Um, and he sang the whole song, and it was just like, that's so, per that's just perfect. Yeah. And and the noise when um, Rodney came out on stage, oh, 
was just deafening. It was just they absolutely and the, and the same for Larry. They just loved those guys. It was love, wasn't it? That's the sound that yeah. love makes. And uh, we closed the first act with a tribute to Neil. Yes, um, Neil Innes. And um, you know, when I said his name, everyone cheered, and mm. it was just like wow. It yeah. was just such a such a privilege, wasn't it? Really, it, to, yeah, to be representing Neil's memory and to be. Uh, facilitating Rodney and Larry to be meeting the people who love them and after the last couple of years it's just great for all all those all, we've all been through yeah. this trauma mm-hmm. of the lockdowns and all the other stuff and now we're found, finding yeah. out they were all taking the piss out of us and having parties and all this mm-hmm. other shit but yeah. But it was good to just provide genuine entertainment, make people laugh mm. create some real love yeah. Um, and also, you know, Rodney, particularly, he looked 20 years younger by the end of the day. He did. Every he inch the performer, the showman, isn't he? Well, he said at the end of the day, it's like I've had a blood transfusion, Mike. Mm. You know, so it's like, I, I, you know, there's no, there's nothing negative about it at all. No. To, to be no. all of us as we were, you know, uh, participants, um and uh, I don't know what progenitors, whatever you want to call it, of mm. of creating that event. Mm. It's just like you know. Hopefully, hopefully we've all got a nice tick in the plus box. I uh, hope so. In, in terms of karma, because nine hundred people were made very happy. They were by what they we were. all did. They were. They were lovely. And um, oh, and uh, also, and you were so busy, of course, uh, with everything. Um, hello to uh, the various people who came up and said hello. So Thomas, certainly. But the various people who came up and said uh, that they watch and listen to the podcast. And there were a fair oh, few. Oh, brilliant. Them, That's fantastic. Hello to, hello to you all. Thank so you. thank you for that. And thank, thank you for coming you. For the sh- to the show. Yeah, really we, uh, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it was fabulous. It was. I've seen a few tweets and stuff like that. People who've seen it in the program and said mm. they were going to tune in. Mm. So that's lovely. I hope uh, if you're a new listener from the show, I hope we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, and yeah, it's just yeah. bowled over. It was, in the words of Brett Michaels of Poison fame, filled with awesomeness. Mm. Yes, yes. No. So. Um, no. Okay. There's some. There's a nice thing that we <coughs> created. Um, nice things that we have gotten this week. Well, I've got a few. Been... Oh, because I know that you, we've we've got one that's the same. Mm. Uh, but I, I've got a few, uh, a few little nice things. Um, so uh, one was just something. Well, I, I, I was, I saw this in the old, you know, in the sex shop, um, oh. uh, as I often frequent when the trains don't work every day, mm-hmm. um, and I thought. Oh, that's a decent price. I wonder how much I pay for it. And then for ages, I was thinking, have I got this or not? And I didn't. I don't have it. And I thought, oh, have to have it. So mm. I treated myself £8 to the complete fall and rise of Reginald Perry. Oh, that's very good. Very Which good. includes the legacy of, which I think oh. we talked about the other week, didn't we? Yeah, I actually really like that series. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but I, I, my, I'm a sucker for Jeffrey Palmer anyway. Well, yeah, I, um, anything that gets the old, the old cast back, and it, the fact that you know it was actually, it's the same writer, it's the same characters, yeah. so no, I trust them. So it's got that, it's got that on, it's got uh, the comedy connections. Um, oh, it's got all sorts of bits and pieces on. Brilliant. So I picked that up. That was eight quid, and then a long time in the making. And this is a bit like your Doctor Who 1972 annual. This is something... Well, it's not fan-made. This is made by uh, Stuart of Ten Acre Films. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they've published, and I was thinking first, it's going to be a magazine, and it, it's not. It's a fairly hefty That's uh, the Dark Shadows book. thing. This is daytime gothic. Yeah. Um, it's a series of essays on Dark Shadows, and honest to God, the photos uh, that are in there are absolutely superb. Now, I should say, though, listen to this if you can hear it. I couldn't hear that. No, they'll hear it on the audio. Uh, and that's the sound of uh, something that happens when a can of Coke explodes in your bag. Oh, no. So it's a bit... Cr- Ooh, getting another one. Getting another one. Have to have it perfect, this. Um, but yeah, a series of essays on how they actually got the damn thing on screen. Um, and the fact that... I mean, imagine this for a schedule, because it's uh, it's got the daily schedule here, right? So, you get your script at five o'clock in the evening. Hmm. And then you go home with your script, right? It's 25 minutes, and there's only five of you in it. That's all. 25 minutes. 8.30, you're in makeup. Um, 9 o'clock, you're in rehearsal. 11.30, you do camera blocking. You do your first run-through at 1. You do a dress rehearsal at 2.45. And at 3.30, you are live. No. And then you do the read-through of the next days, and you go home at 4.30 with your new script every day. And that's it. Um, But apart from quite often, and they've got notes in here, that there's a fair few you can watch where basically they didn't have time to do it. So they they just recorded the dress rehearsal, and that goes out. Balls of steel, that sort of acting. Um, So that's... Presumably uh, marriages were destroyed by this show. Oh, uh, marriages were destroyed. One chap went mad um, and went oh, mad on screen. Um, there's, I mean, there's two actors. There's um, Mitchell Ryan, who was he only died very recently, um, who was having a few problems with the booze, uh, and then one day just forgot to come to work. Just forgot, too pissed to come to work. So then they phone up one of the other actors and say, can you come and do the episode? And this is on the day, not even the day before. Can you come and do the episode? He turns up, quick read of the script, and they're like, it's on the auto queue. go. Live. Whoa. Just stunning. And there's another chap who, um, uh, Dom Briscoe, who I think got rather a fondness for LSD. Because mm. it's, the, it's the late 60s. Mm. Um, and had a couple of bad trips. And then if you watch his last episode or two, oh, he's not doing well at all. He's off his face. Um, Whilst recording, he doesn't look at all well. Uh, So, yeah, a high-pressure show, but with this wonderful mixture um, of brand-new actors who were coming out from being trained by Lee Strasberg, you know, Mm. but people who are just developing new forms of acting in the States. And then you've got the older actors who were vaudeville uh, working together, which is just, it creates this sort of, like, stunning atmos. Um, So that turned up, and uh, so did the new new edition of Tudor Places, Ah. uh, which I'll always recommend, uh, which has got a lovely uh, feature on... uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Heaver Castle, um, which is, I think... Now, I always get that confused. Heaver's not the home of Anne Boleyn, is it? Is that Dover? Or have I got oh, I that right? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so um, I haven't actually read it yet. Um, but I should be watch. I should be having a read of that. Once, once we've finished this, however, dear, I'm also going to watch the new Time Team, because there's a brand new Time just Team. Is that just on the internet? Just on the internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the few things I'm prepared happily to pay for. Um, Who's in it? 
all all the old people, but not yeah. Tony Robinson. Um, yeah. Although he turns up and does the odd bit here and there. Okay. Uh, but it's it's the same show. It's exactly the same show, and it looks so like Phil it's got the Harding, same budget. He's there. Francis Pryor. No, is he still with us? I've, I've yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked right. to tweet only this ah, morning. Then he may well be. Carenza Lewis. Is yeah, back. I was going to say Carenza Lovely Lewis. Carenza. Helen Geek. I always like Helen. Don't remember her. She was lovely, Helen. Uh, so it's um, it's basically all the same people um, doing exactly the same thing. And it looks like it's being done on the same money. Yeah, but the is... technology's changed so much now. Well, yeah, when you think, when it first started in, what, 1990, they used to have a helicopter flying about yeah. to give you the aerial shots. Now it's drones. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. now I'll tell you something else that I heard this week, because oh. uh, they're filming down in Cardiff. They're working away on the new series of Doctor Who. Okay. Interior set of the TARDIS. Nobody's seen it. There's, like, yeah. ideas as to what it is. But to show its full scope, it's the first programme that is using drones to shoot in studio. Wow. So you there's no footage, though, anywhere? No sneaky pics? Nothing. Nothing at all. No. Phones are banned in the studio. You're not allowed to take phones in. Um, yeah. And, oh, no, they're being very careful. But, uh, yeah, using drones to film on the set. It's like, bloody hell. <sighs> 20 years ago. Can't imagine that. No. God, no, no. It's Things have changed, too. So much, so much. Mm. When is that on, then? November. I think there's three specials for the... Yeah, yeah, there's three specials for the 60th. Okay, cool. Mr. Tennant. And then the new fella takes over, I think, on Christmas Day. Yeah. So, we shall see. And <clears throat> a new, brand new spin-off series about uh, the Unit series proposed back in 1968 by Derek Sherwin is becoming a reality. So. Wow. There we go. I wonder if they'll have uh, John Levine on it. You that never was a know. Splendid <laughs> clip you sent me this week. Wasn't that magnificent? Wow. John Levine is a very special man. If you don't know who John Levine is, look him up. He's... I don't know why there's not more John Levine like out there. I think John Levine should be doing a podcast. I honestly do. I I I'd listen. Oh. I would absolutely listen. He'd um, kick our ass in terms of ratings instantly with oh, just one. God, he would absolutely. Um, I have. I looked after him once at a convention, and he's the most John Levine-like person you can imagine. Um, he's so courteous and so nice, and you know, he's a, oh, a little drinky, and then there's a sudden, sudden horrific thing that he'll say that makes everyone go what, and then he's back to being John Levine again. Is it? That's odd. Um, right. Lovely, lovely. I, I yeah, I, I'd listen to the John. Levine I liked podcast. that um, documentary on one of the DVD sets. I always get his name wrong. Is it Toby Haydock? Have I said it right? Yeah, you've said it right. Yeah, yeah. Where he spends a weekend with him a summer. Mm. That's fantastic. Mm. That's fantastic. I I love him. I mean, he's what he's eighty two now, John, and he's yeah. still the showman. You know, and he's, uh, he makes a big thing about the fact that he's not a trained actor. He's a working class lad who was given a chance. And you've got to respect that, really. I respect it, but I think that he sort of refers to it far too often. And mm. in doing so, kind of undermines himself. He's no need to do it. I think he's earned his right to oh, be I in the position so. that he's in. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that aspect of him. But 
you know, he often refers to being, you know, and this is, uh, you know, and he's got a sort of slight Cornish tint or something to his mm. accent, hasn't he? You yeah. know, and I'm just a, a sort of from uh, this world and, you know, and I've done very well and da 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 And it's kind of like he's sort of, he's almost doing himself an injustice, I think, mm. by just saying, you know, oh, um, I've achieved this, but I could have achieved much more if I hadn't come from this background. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's, he's just... A, to me anyway he's iconic i love that period of the show oh absolutely that, the... even though i weren't you know they say your doctor is the one when you were growing up mm. it's not for me it's it's always pertwee yeah I, he, there's just some ring of quality about those five seasons there is there is although i think what what he's saying there is not too dissimilar to what you've said in the past which is of course the first law of uh, the first rule of london media club absolutely is... Ensure that you're born to the right parents. You know? Oh, 100%. He's he's mm. on the money mm. with what he says. But just but... possibly doesn't need to now. Yeah, because he's sort of... What's the words I'm looking for? He's kind of doing himself a disservice. He's doing himself a disservice. Yeah. You know, I think he's I think he's great. Yeah. You know, but, I, but then I think they're all great. Mm. I mean, that clip was on Twitter the other day mm. uh, as I went back on Twitter for the purposes of the show. Yeah. Um, and so the clip was on the this morning or whenever it was, but the one about Pertwee when he gets Troughton to do the conventions. Oh, and they're on. He's on. A, it's Panopticon ninety, isn't he? I think they were doing that's Pebble it. Mill. Yes. He got to come along the leather suitcase factory. Yes, that's right. And it's just that I, I just love that entire world that that they created. You know, mm. including conventions, including Pebble Mill, including all the sort of. The whole cosmology of that world is just mm. fucking great. Pebble Mill's an interesting show, isn't it? Because it's the show that, as a child, I would have done anything to avoid. Not if Doctor Who was on it. Oh, uh, yeah, all right. Then I'd have watched it. But most of the time, Pebble Mill comes on. Oh, don't want to watch Pebble Mill at Oh, no, dreadful. But now, when I find an episode on YouTube, oh, it's magnificent. I mean, just coming from the reception foyer of an office building. That's yeah. wonderful. Wonderful but it just stuff. always looked, it always looked very cheap and very rushed, didn't it? Even as a kid, you know, they're on the wrong camera or the camera would crash in order yeah. to get the shot and stuff like that. Now, we we now find that charming. No, absolutely. But back then, I think it was just a bit like, you know, kids. Yeah, but, kids. Yeah, yeah, but these yeah, But you days. watch the Sullivans now. Oh, the Sullivans is That was, I'm fucking off out on me bike, that. That was like, No. Oh no! I hated the Sullivans when it was on. Mm, I absolutely hate it was. I, I, oh no, no, no! The budget on that—I'm not joking—to recreate that period stuff when they shot it, they must have spent a bloody fortune. Australia and, still looked like that in the seventies, though. Yeah, but not the clothes and the cars, probably. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Just yeah. looked like nineteen forty. Uncle Harry, Uncle Harry with his moustache. Uncle Harry was great, and there's some great Aussie films he's in. Mm. There's one called The Castle where he's kind of like the father in this big family, you know? Mm. And uh, that's a great film. And there's one with Paul Hogan um, where they're both firemen and in order to either not get sacked or get some money, they pretend they're a gay couple. And it's a brilliant film. It's a Wonderful. brilliant film. But there's lots oh. of good Aussie films. Oh, no, there are. There's so many. But um, I remember Uncle Harry uh, at the mm. end of one episode when they'd all gone out for a big picnic uh, into the bush and he's out there with his wife and then he just comes back at one point and he just goes, don't go over there. Why not, Harry? She's fallen in the water. She's drowned. End! Like, 
Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember Uncle Harry being like blokes I grew up around. Mm. Loads of blokes like that. Never had a fag out of the mouth. Mm. Her brilliantined. Yes. Mustache, mustachioed. Mm. Sort of um, a proper rogue. Um, yeah, lovable though. Lovable rogues. We don't yeah. get those now, do we? We don't get a private walker from Dad's Army anymore. We don't no. get anything like that. You get bastards. I mean, EastEnders yeah. can't do a rogue because they bring a rogue in and the next thing you know, they've cut someone's face off. It's just, oh. Do, do rogues no. exist in the real world, though? I don't know. Are, they, are you allowed they to be? or do. do you have to murder people as sort of like oh. a rite of passage now Unseemly. to be common? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We should start the campaign, the Bring Back British Rogues campaign. Well, who's the last rogue? On telly. Can... Well, or in reality. I mean, I wouldn't say, because sometimes people refer to Boris Johnson as a lovable rogue. I just think he's no. an arsehole. Yeah, he's so. just, no. He's not a lovable rogue at all. He's a horrible sort of vat of lard yes. with a mop on top. And he's yeah. just scum. No, he's scum. Well, um, yeah. A lovable rogue uh, that we had in real life. Oh, God. Within the last um, 20 years, who would you say? Well, I used to think Robert Maxwell was a bit of a lovable rogue, but it turns out he was a bit of a naughty man. It does a bit, yeah. You know, because he used to be on telly and he used to always be the underdog to Murdoch, didn't he? And we all hated the sun and that. So it was like. Yeah, and he was the mirror. So it was like, yeah, whoa. Yeah, yeah, but it turns out he was horrible too. He wasn't um, nice, no. I don't know. I don't know. And you're going back about 40 years even with Maxwell, aren't you? Wasn't it about 86 that he fell off his yacht? allegedly well apparently that was a total um like a, as a result of his mad life yeah am you know, I that completely... was a hit or something yeah am i wrong here or was that mossad who did that something like that yeah it, it was, was in a book like that, wasn't it yeah. with proof and everything mm. Crazy. something like that lovable but... rogues in like the last lovable rogue on the telly mm. would have either been del boy or arthur daly now you see i don't like del boy i know you don't I don't like Only Fools and Horses. That's I know just, you don't. It's rubbish. It's not rubbish. It is rubbish. I don't know what's meant to be funny about it. You, if it was an ITV sitcom, you'd love it. If it was an ITV sitcom made about six years earlier, yeah. it would be brilliant. Yeah. It would be brilliant. It's too long. 30 minutes is too long. I don't like that. Oh, yeah, so you want a 24-minuter. 24 minutes. I'd cope with it then, with a commercial break. I don't like Nicholas Lindhurst. I never have. Don't see the point of him. I just don't. Um, I tell you, I've just thought of another one. All right, let's go even... Let's see if you can... If this is the acceptable face of the BBC for you. Um, Robbie Box in Big Deal. Oh, um, was it... <sighs> the boy with the knowledge. Or is he the boy with the knack in the Daleks Invasion Earth? Ray Brooks. Ray Brooks! I think he, I think in the in the trailer they say, and he's the boy with the knack because That's he was it. in the knack, wasn't he? Yeah, but again, you're going back to about 1985, there. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to ascertain whether you accept Robbie Box. And no, I didn't series. like that one. Oh, it was I saw, good. It was no, good I saw series. a repeat on UK Gold, and it was made on film. And I thought, absolutely not. I'm not watching that. Budgie? No. Adam Faith? No. No, don't like it. I know Verity Lambert produced Ray it. Davis theme? No, I didn't like that. I haven't watched it. Actually, I've never watched it. You I didn't like, like Ian Cuthbertson in Budgie? As Charles what? Rendell Esquire. Oh, because there's a separate series called that, isn't there? That's right. Oh, I like that. That was brilliant. Right, right, right. Okay, so there you go. He's your last. 1971. 
the spin-off, I don't know. About I 74, know. I think. I think oh, it was dear. 74, the spin-off. We don't yeah. do rogues anymore, do we? We just do murderers no. and coke fiends. We do coke fiends and murderers. We don't do Uncle Harry's. We don't do mm. Charles Rendell Esquire. Is it Charles Endel? Charlie Endel. Endel, Endel. Yeah. Charles Endel Esquire. Pete Postlethwaite used to play a good rogue. He did. There were some great guest stars in those minders, you know. Mm. You've never watched it, have you? No, I really need to. I really need to. There's a great episode with Max Wall in it. Oh, Max. And there's another great one with Beryl Reed as an authoress Mm. uh, who they're helping out. And Bill Maynard turns up as her estranged husband. And it turns out, you know, I wrote all them books. And and, fuck, it's. There's a scene with Bill Maynard and Beryl Reed sat on a bench. Mate, you can't. They're gone. Mm. That quality has gone gone and it's That's... superb you just sit there wrapped just watching people that don't look like they're acting no because they are just them i mean again it's the queenie watts thing isn't it that yeah. you go I, every time i always go back to just looking at queenie watts and you would see her playing these little bit parts as these cockney women throughout the 60s and the 70s and then just before she died she did that play for today waterloo sunset playing a woman who's uh, got dementia Stunning. Stunning, and it's a brilliant performance. It's stunning, and you suddenly go, it, "She was such a good actor. She was brilliant." Well, you know, there was we were spoiled back then. I mean, you had people mm. like Avis Bunnage as well. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. You know, absolutely wonderful people. But um, Bill Maynard, man, he's—I don't know why he's so sort of not spoken about in those times. And, and Beryl Reed, for that matter. Why nobody has done a documentary on Beryl Reed is beyond me. No, because there really should be. Beryl Reed is wonderful. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. Like, yeah. I, there was a guy, I put a post on ages ago on Facebook saying there should be a doc on it. And this guy turned up, I've probably told you this before, and the viewers eight times, but uh, they like he it. delivered a sofa to her at 10 o'clock in the morning in this she had a basement sort of apartment in somewhere in you know west london or somewhere mm. nice and he he brings this sofa at 10 in the morning she comes to the door with the g and t and a big chunky glass oh, that's exactly what i want beryl reed to be doing at 10 o'clock in the morning absolutely and there's a, also there's that lovely clip where she's interviewed about acting mm. um about how, how about getting into character and things like that and she goes, you just have to wear the right shoes that's all it is. You need the right shoes, and then you've got it. Um, that's all. There's a lot to be said for that. There is. Alec Guinness said the same thing. Once yeah, I've got there's the your shoes, height, got there's the your walk. And of course, Absolutely. Alec Guinness uh, and she, they, they're in Tinker Tailor together, aren't they? Yeah. And she is stunning in that. She's brilliant. She's brilliant. But you've whatever she did. Minder. Start there with your minders. All right, I'll First give that one season's again. pretty sketchy. They mm. haven't got the characters right. You know, mm. Arthur has got mistresses, and Arthur in the first season has got like he, he does snidey things, and he's not snidey. No, he's just a bit dodgy. Mm. And and later on, they've got it all down pat because if there's any trouble, you see Arthur's hat come down and he slopes off, and yes. Terry gets battered. <laughs> he he plays it like a dog, is mm. my theory for Arthur right. Daly. I think George Cole plays him like a dog who just slinks off. And he's got no courage, sort of, you know, that kind of that kind of bad dog thing. He does it brill. He does mm. it brill. Love George Cole. Lovely. But I love um, Terry, you see. I love Dennis Waterman, and you're not a fan. Apart from, I know you love your Dennis in this one instance. 
<laughs> by pure chance that was on uh, ITV3 that episode a couple of weeks ago oh. so I recorded it and showed it to my to my two boys and said watch this oh. and off he goes giving Dennis it the full and doing a German but oh my god doing Based the his full Kessler oh, it's wonderful isn't it I am with the salute yes. just magnificent that's one of the ones where you show the kids and they watch it and they're just like slack jawed like was this on telly? Oh yes, this was on telly. This prime time telly. Yes. Prime oh, I like time. him there. But didn't they? Because didn't Waterman leave? And then there was a new version of Terry played by a young boy. Yeah, Gary Webster. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't like him in that. But apparently, Gary Webster sort of matured into uh, someone who does lots of good things for actors and acting. Oh, okay. Well, I like yeah. him now. Yeah, yeah. So apparently that's true. Um, okay. in, I suppose in the same way that Reese Dinsdale has really. Reese Dinsdale settled into a kind of um, existence as an actor who does lots of like really good things. He for yeah, yeah, and and he's directing now as well. He's actually because he was yeah, on yeah. Emmerdale for a few years, uh, left Emmerdale. He's gone back to as a director, but but also doing lots of good things and yeah. giving a shit. But, yeah. One of those people who seems to genuinely give a shit, yeah. which, I, which I rather like. It's a bit yeah. like um, uh, Fergal Sharkey. I mm. mean, there, there's a man who gives a shit these days. He I don't really know anything can... about Fergal Sharkey now. Um, Fergal Sharkey these days, forget the music or anything, basically he's just apoplectic with anger about the state of our rivers and waterways at the okay. moment. And it's just constant sort of barraging of people on Twitter about why they're not doing this and why they're not doing that. And one of those people, and you can tell that they've got to that age and now they're like, no, I genuinely care. And good. I like that. I do David like Suchet is uh, very uh, active in the, the sort of upkeep of our canals. Yes. I don't know if you noticed, you probably didn't, as I didn't until I saw an article about it, but when you go on the M6 toll, mm. there are troops Two bridges, just there. There's no roads going over them or anything. And they're actually, he campaigned and got them to put two aqueducts in there for when they finally get round to completing the restoration of the canal, they can pass over the toll roads. Oh, that's wonderful. My only experience of the toll road was getting basically stuck on the bloody thing the other night. Because that's the, the other thing. On the toll road, you were stuck. Was it? No, it was the other one. The big the London M1. one. I the mean, M1. When, when I, uh, are you doing a Dennis Waterman there? Oh, oh, when right. I, um, when I texted you or Potter, Mark or whoever it was, the yeah. road manager, still on the M1, mm -hmm. you left five hours ago. Yeah. Three hours we were at a standstill. And I mean That's a nuts. standstill. Just three hours. That was how long? Did, uh, it, we left London at half 11 and I yeah. got home at quarter to eight in the morning. And I was first dropped off. Character farming. It was that. <coughs> It was that, I'll tell you, bloody hell, but yeah. You did well, considering you were in hospital the day before. Stoic, you see. I'd like mm. to think so, yes. But, yes. Uh, yeah, anyway, listen, there's something we both got this week, and we're going to talk about it, whether certain people like it or not. Oh, ah, yeah. Oh. Most definitely. Do you have yours poised? Got mine poised right here, dear. Mm. Ready? I have mine, yeah. Up we go. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, there oh, he is. Oh, yes. The man. There we go. 
spot a perch. Oh, you've got your you. cardboardy bit still on yours. Oh, I've got my cardboard bit still on. I'll slip my cardboard off. There he is. Oh, I'm not keen on oh. Pertwee's face on the cover, I have to say. I don't it, know what it, they've done. I, I'm not entirely sure what's going on with his face here. Uh, but the contents are just to die for. They are. They're beautifully... It's These box sets... Mm. They are stunning, these Doctor Who. Doctor Who we're talking about. Just buy them even uh, if you don't like Doctor Who. Doesn't matter. Just it really doesn't matter because they are labours of love, these things. Uh, so this is season nine, 1972. A good year. Um, Beautiful. I love the fact that uh, there's there's two omnibus uh, versions on here um, because twice in 1972 they <laughs> wanted to repeat a couple of the stories, but they you know just in one slot. So mm. they took a six-parter, which would have been two and a half hours, and edited it to an hour and a half, and a four-parter and edited it down to an hour. And both of those have been wiped from the archives, so they got the original recording notes out. And they've reconstructed the omnibus version. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. So they've been remade from Barry Letts' notes wow. uh, for these. Um, and I think that those omnibus versions, I've watched both of those. I've only watched the Sea Devils one. Oh, they show what a genius Barry Letts was. Because well, I've got one point to make. Go on. And then okay. we can talk about the obvious genius of Barry Letts. This is a spoiler so they can switch off now if they've never seen the Sea Devils. Yeah, go on. So the ending of the mm. Sea Devils, the escape of the Doctor and the Master mm. from the Sea Devils base, I always thought was a little bit of a cop-out. Yeah. It's just like, Sonic Screwdriver out, and we're out. Yeah. You know, the next thing they bob up in the sea. Yeah, yeah. In the edit, it's even more, and they're mm. out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right, but you, you, the old Duces uh, Machina, which I can never say properly. Due Machina. Thank you. Um, God of the Machine. Yeah. yeah. I know care. I don't give a shit, really. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's I'm just fair saying. enough. Um, I still love... What I always love about... And, and it's like just saying the words Bill Maynard make me happy. Because yeah. for a brief second, I remember, and he feels like he's still with us. What I love to say, and he turns up in Wurzel Gummidge as well, is Royston Tickner. Oh. I just, just those words, Royston Tickner, immediately, I feel better. Yeah, with his uh, loaning his motorbike as he is, isn't he? In, yeah. uh, I just love that Crimea, uh, yeah. Gallipoli, yeah. El Alamein. Does it really matter? Yes. I, I reckon not. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, I it's... used to love to get pissed and watch mm. old Doctor Who. Mm. And it's just like, I don't know what it is. It's probably because I like drinking so much in the old days. Yeah. But it felt like I was back in them times. Mm. You know, when you see the Bedford ambulance like hobbling and, yeah. and things like that, and the other things, and also it's a bit much when um, the master waves from the hovercraft and then slowly turns it around and buggers off. <laughs> but these are just minor niggles and, and not something which doesn't doesn't spoil it for me in any way whatsoever. Mm. No, not at all. I think. Um... Well, I, I mean, I love the fact that they had such a good relationship with the Navy and the previous year with the Army that they go, oh, yes, you can have all the latest hardware and show it off. That's absolutely fine. Um, apart from one thing in the Sea Devils, which is, you know, the scene set on the submarine. Mm. Right, so the model submarine that they've got there is 
I know Literally, this story, but please yeah. tell the boys and girls. So they've got this mo- uh, model sumber- uh, submarine, and they bought it from Woolworths, so it's a cheap model. And then they just altered a few bits, and they put a different propeller on the back. And I think it was the propeller from the inside mm. of a broken video recorder, uh, which would spin. So they've made this sub, and the episode goes out, and this programme has got the backing of the Royal Navy, so... The ratings who turn up fully armed with the proper stuff, they are actual Navy ratings. They And what's that bloody great big gun they're firing and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. It's all genuine hardware. Anyway, episode goes out. Next day, production office gets a call from the MOD, who are most perturbed by the, by the submarine they've seen because of the propeller. Because that's a new top secret development. How have you told people about this? How what happens if the Russians find out? Yeah. And it's just the inside of a video recorder or probably a Hoover or something yeah. that's stuck on the back. Yeah. Oh, it's just great. Wonderful. Everything about it. I'm, ju- I'm just watching the um, the I don't know what it's called. It, uh, location, location, location on the second Sea Devils disc. Yes. With Katie Manning, mm. and um, it, they've just got to the Sea Devils thing with Michael Bryant. Mm. Um, but the clip I saw, I'm presuming you've watched all this box set. Not yet. No, we're rather busy last week. I know, I know, but finger, I know you. So. Well, getting through it. Yeah. So there's a clip in that from the mutants, and it mm. does look good. Mm. It looks great. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the mutants. I, I don't care what anyone says. I, but I love that season as well. Yeah, I think the whole season works. It's a confident season mm. isn't it it knows what it's doing it knows what it does well and mm. the actors clearly all get on well so that it's, it's got again it's got that feeling of love it's yeah. it's that word again you know yeah. they they, yeah. they loved what they were doing and that shows in the work i think yeah um it's it's fantastic and the restoration work that they've done on these episodes oh yeah they look pristine Absolutely pristine. The Sea Devils location footage still looks grainy, but I'm guessing the original was. You know? Yeah, 16 mil often yeah. was. It depended yeah. on what film stock you were given to work with. Sometimes yeah. it was perfectly clean, other times it was grainy. Yeah. So, but yeah, beautifully restored. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's a, it's a little masterpiece, this set. Oh, yeah, and, and you know that the people working on it are, are doing it like, Let's say they get a thousand quid. For every thousand quid they're paid, they're doing probably about ten grand's worth of work. Oh God, yeah, you know, and yeah, you've got to respect that. There was a, a thing recently um, because they've put lovely Liz Sladen. They've put her kids series, the Sarah Jane Adventures, up on iPlayer again. Mm. The whole thing, apart from one two-parter, uh, which it, which wasn't on, and this was raised to Russell T Davis, and he's like, "Well, why the hell isn't that not on there?" So, gets in contact with the BBC, and the episodes are marked, do not repeat. They can't be repeated. And it's because it features a totem pole, um, and someone has filed a complaint about cultural misappropriation. Mm. So the episode was not allowed to be shown. But by pure chance, the editor on that particular episode is currently working still in Cardiff on the new series of Doctor Who, in the office next door to him. So he nipped over and said, look, we've got this problem. What do you think they should do? So she just re-edited it in her own time and just made tiny little cuts here and there and all of a sudden, uh, just in her own time, in, mm. in lunch hours and things. I love that sort of thing. It's a shame that that sort of thing is necessary. Well, it is. It is, really. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about that a lot recently, haven't we? The fact that, 
you get these lovely pieces of work which are a product of their time. Even mm. with something like the Sarah Jane Adventures, it's 15-odd years old now. Mm. It's a product of its time. It, it, no, it, it's not going to fit your modern sensibilities. But no, it's not going to offend anyone. No. And if it does, put that person in a home. Well, yes. Let They'd them, be happier. Yes, just leave them there. Yeah. Put them in leave with them the there. in the, you know, the room with the people who think the Paul McCartney. There you go. Apart from the real fake Paul. Apart McCartney. from yes, your your conjecture, your belief. Fall. Yes, Paul McCartney. Yes, Paul McCartney. Yeah. But season nine that. box set. Beautiful. Two thumbs up. For oh, me. It's, it's just. Yeah. Season seven. I want it. I want that. That's going to take a bit more restoration, though, yet, dear. Right. So it's that's presumably Inferno and Ambassadors that are the real... Mostly Ambassadors. That's the tipping yeah. point. It's still... They did a it's... great job on it, though. Oh, they've done a lovely job. I mean, some of it was... When, when UK Gold rebroadcast it, some of it was just unwatchable, to the point where they put a thing up on the bottom of the screen throughout the episode saying, we apologise for the sound quality of this episode, because yeah. it was so bad. Yeah. They've done a lovely job on it, but there's more to be done. I think there might be a while yet, yeah. but it's it's oh, yeah. a, I, I really wish he'd lived to see his whole tenure colour. Mm. Yeah. Know? I mean in no. ninety three when they did Autons and uh the Demons. Demons, yeah. I mean, it was brilliant that he was around for that. Ninety three was a real golden age for people like me and you mm. when it comes to Doctor Who. It was thirtieth anniversary, wasn't it? And they pushed the boat out. It was a nice year, regardless actually, ninety three. I enjoyed ninety three. Yes, I, I don't remember a thing about it, but I, I did enjoy it. It was my first year at uni, and I discovered Cider and Black. Oh. I was 21. Well, I was 20, but I was 21 later in the year. Yeah. Oh, God. It was a good year. Yes. I, I discovered anyway. music I liked and stuff like that. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes, it doesn't do to dwell, though. It we does. are where it's we much are. much nicer. We are yeah, where well, we are. We are. Um, mm. Yes, more... Always yes. more. I'm I'm gonna go on to I'm gonna watch the extras on that mm. one because there's the Michael Bryant doc and the Stuart Fall doc. Oh yeah, Stuart absolutely. Fell. Stuart Fall. Uh Stuart Fell. Yeah. Uh lovely little Stuart Fell, wonderful. And of course Michael Bryant, who makes an appearance in the Sea Devils. Indeed. Right at Indeed. the end. He is the man who is unconscious and hypnotized, chanting I must obey because they couldn't afford an actor. I'll do it. I'll get in shot. Yeah. In he goes. Did the um did the guards at the master's prison have to all have moustaches? I think it was some sort of yeah thing. Nineteen seventy-two prerequisite. If you're going to be a guard, mm. you've got to have a moustache. Yeah, I bet Freddie Mercury enjoyed that episode. Probably. Yeah. Probably, all those probably prison wrote guards. A song that I wouldn't know about. Yeah, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Rubbish. You don't like that? It's awful. It's awful. It's, it's not, not a song. It is. Well, how's it not awful? Why is it not awful? Because it's dead good. It's not dead good. Which one? Because there's four bloody songs there. Make your mind up. You can't just take four songs, stick them together and go, oh, it's an eight minute long song. It's not Freddy. It's, it's a mess. It's operatic. It's not operatic. Operatic is, is operatic. No, operatic is the magic flute. Bohemian Rhapsody is shit. It's awful. It's just a cacophony. The magic Make your flute mind is a burlesque up. of an opera. It's an operetta, I would say. You know, I'm... Mozart wrote that to make a, a few quid when he was working on Don Giovanni because. You know, well, at least you know he wrote something story. nice, whereas that's Magic just. Flute's lovely, absolutely yeah, lovely. Yeah, whereas Bohemian Rhapsody, oh, it, it, no. No, 
No, absolutely not. It's appalling. Fat bottom girls? What? We will rock you? No. I absolutely. Want to break free? Hate that. Hate it. No, and you what's don't. that one? I do. I genuinely do. And that awful one. The Radio Gaga. Oh, get oh, lost. Stunning. Get lost. Absolutely not. When what's... you were a kid, a new Queen video, a new Queen song was an event. Wasn't to me. No, it wasn't for you. You'd be listening to your Maria Callas record. I'd be I'd be doing something like that. I'd be, that would do me. I'm no yeah. no because I like I like songs which I can relate to. I like lyrics I can relate to. How do I relate to all we hear is Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio Gaga. It's, What's that it's, about? It's the babification of people. Of what? What's it satirizing? Of Bad the music. It does that very well. That was being attempted on the audience of of bland, beige, boring transatlantic DJs playing rubbish. So they've satirised it by making something worse. It's not worse. It is worse. It's awful. It's absolute cobblers. What about the synth solo in the middle? No. Oh, that's a one over eight three, isn't it? Yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. That's just a noise. Well, no. you know. No, I won't have it. Queen were all right. I don't think they were. I really don't think they were. I they 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 anger me. They <laughs> anger me. They do. They anger me as much as that bloody. You know, I've got that problem with that theme music on "Would I Lie to You," which is like hard rock. Yeah. That that angers me. Queen annoy me on that level. It's that level of anger. Of it just shouldn't be there. But That's, you know, Freddie's been dead thirty years or something now. Let's have another thirty, and then I'll reappraise. And then you'll reappraise. But what about? What about the the personality that was Freddie Mercury? You know, what about him and Kenny Everett and all that whole I crowd of people? That's I a don't, brilliant thing. I don't see a personality there. Oh, come I don't. Down. I see a very boring man. No, he's not. He's not interesting with his with his with his voice that annoys me. And it, I, I couldn't tell you anything about him. Literally, I couldn't tell you I anything about. I tell you about Freddie Mercury. Well, please don't. I don't think I, I don't think boys and girls want that. He was friends no. with Kenny Everett. That's a good thing. Right, okay. Kenny Everett's version of Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I'd listen to that. Right, I'll send it, yeah. Right, okay. I like Kenny Everett. Right, we agree then. Kenny Everett's the acceptable face of Queen. You what, wouldn't uh, have Queen if it wasn't for Fre- uh, uh, Kenny Everett. You just wouldn't. So you're saying I've got to blame Kenny Everett? If you, if anyone is to thank blame. the phenomena that was Queen... It's Kenny Everett, because he got all of an acetate of Bohemian Rhapsody from his friend, Fred, and played it non-stop on his Capital Radio show and got oh. it into the charts. Oh, it, some people disappoint you even after they've been dead for years, don't they? So he's responsible for that. He's for responsible. Me, listening to that, even to this day, students say, oh, do you like Queen? No. No, I don't. Wow, th- that's an important point, because what gets me is the students <coughs> listen to... All old music. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and in 93, I did listen to old music, but there was tons and tons and tons of great new stuff about. Oh, that's it. I mean, the amount of students we've got who listen to Nirvana. Yeah, yeah, but even Nirvana, Nirvana. I mean, they listen to bloody, like, all the stuff that was out when we were kids. Nirvana Mm. are kind of, like, I associate that with, well, they're they're new to me. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Well, when did he... Do himself in was that 95 i think 95 i well, think so i don't well, know that's that's only last wednesday in 
You see, you were very disloyal when you were young, weren't you? Because around about teen, early 20s age with bands, it's like, you're like, yeah, I like the early stuff, but, you know. It's like, what do you mean the early stuff? They've done three albums. Yeah, 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 the first one or two. Mm. And so by the time In Utero came out and they did that Nirvana Unplugged, I, no, don't like them anymore. I was into Suede. No, fair enough. Oh, no, but on Unplugged where they do... um... Oh no, I love it now. Yeah, where they do the David Bowie song, they do yeah, it as the an man acoustic. Who sold the world. That the oh, that acoustic. Of it. But it, but back then we were very capricious, weren't we? It was kind of like no, mm, no, they've yeah. gone off. And and it was probably just because you'd been out with a girl who loved no, yes. she's left me. I don't like them now. Yeah, there will have been because a bit of there that. was that sort of blokey thing whereby mm. really it's like, are you sad? No, I hate them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was always that. It's always a girl, wasn't it? Well, it ruins about a girl another Nirvana song. Mm. Um, it ruins bands for a little bit of time. Yes, and, and then they come back into your uh, sort of sphere, and you're like, "Oh my mm. god, they were great." Yeah, that's true. They were great. I think that um, being dumped by girls in student days is probably where a lot of chaps started to hate the Cure and the Smiths. Lots of girls into the Cure and the Smiths. I, I didn't like The Cure once they started trying to be a bit happy. Right, well, that would be mid-80s then. Mm, they started they started doing a few happy songs. Yeah, like Love there. Cats and the and Caterpillar. Mm, wasn't yeah. so keen on those. Yeah, that's about 85, 86. But then uh, met a girl in a nightclub who did like the happy stuff and I decided to reappraise. Of course. I love Naturally. these now, mate. I always loved them. Always. Absolutely. I think that when we were young, well... I mean, you're about a year and a half younger than me, so mm. that was massive difference mm. back then. Oh god! Um, but it was girls really loved the wonder stuff. Yeah, at the time, really loved them, and you were like that. No, and mm. then now you're just like, oh, hope the eight-legged groove machine. Whoa, the brill. Yeah. Wouldn't admit it at the time. No, oh, no girl upset. music. But did you not get uh, a slight confusion when they did Dizzy with Vic Reeves? Because I loved Vic. And then he's I there with the wonder stuff. I remember loving that. I, I love that, and I love the size of a cow. Mm. You know, but they, yeah. they, I think, I think that album, and this is breaking today, the Elvis curse for today. I think mm. that album was called Never Loved Elvis, wasn't it? Am I right? I think I that was the third th- album. I think so. I'm not sure, but I think that's the one that Dizzy's on and Size of a yeah. Cow and that. Um, there were some brilliant bands though. There was bands that no buggers heard of, like the Bridewell Taxis. Have you ever heard them? Never heard them. They were from Leeds and they were kind of like indie, but they had like trumpets, and it was like, and you know, and and they sort of replicated that. You know, Teardrop Explodes, Early Doors, how they've got the trumpets on it, like on Reward. Yes. You know Reward. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You know, because um, Julian Cope is brilliant, absolutely mm. brilliant. Um, and the Bridewell Taxis had that trumpet vibe about them. Yeah. You know. And there were bands that I was nuts about back then that I hate. Well, I don't hate them, but I can't listen to them now. In Spiral Carpets, for example. Oh, no. In Spiral Carpets. They do. Um, this, this is, is how, how it feels. feels. Dreadful. Oh, no. I was, I was precisely the right age where I thought, oh, they've written that about me. Oh, mate. I. I followed them. I I followed them for like three years. All the all the gigs on the tours. Mm. You know, I've still got. So I had. I was well into them when Joe came out because it's like I know you don't like. Uh, I want to break free. 
But I loved it because of the synth sound in the same way that I loved Einstein A Go-Go by Landscape for the synth sound mm. or a Depeche Mode song. You, I'd buy a single, I don't know about you when you were a kid, for a sound on it, I liked. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And Absolutely. so the Inspiral Carpets did a track called Joe, which had this really grinding Farfisa on it, and I just like I just fell in love with them. So those early singles up to Joe, they did mm. a thing called, the, the original one was the Plane Crash EP, which I bought for 40 quid in like 1991 or something from, I don't know if you remember these places, Scene of the Crime Records. Oh, yes, I it, do. It was just at the base of Quiggins. Yes. Um, all gentrified now. So mm-hmm. I got that, and then they, they did another EP. Because bands used to do loads of EPs. I preferred that. Four-track, 12-inch EP, like Lush. Yes. Lush would do like, uh, so the first one, Gala. And then they do, um, you know, the mad, the deluxe. Uh, sorry, Mad Love EP with deluxe on it. I, have you ever read the lyrics to deluxe? No. <sighs> so it's about um, I can't remember a surname at the minute, but Emma uh, wrote that because there was Mickey mm. Barini or Berenia, I don't know how you say her name. And there was Emma. I can't think of a name. Anyway, it's about getting shagged in a park. And you read the lyrics. I've been waiting on the slide, so just get off my mind and. Um, Inside of me. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Oh, God. I had no idea till about two weeks ago because it was just like I had a bit of a... You know, you have them times when you're just like, I have to sit and just listen to Lush for three days yeah. on a loop. And I did. Uh-huh. And I went and looked the lyrics up. And that's what it's all about. Blimey. Yeah. I, I need to do that with um, Annika singing Japanese Boy, I think. Oh, no. No, because that's been in my head since 1981, and it won't it's go. Dreadful. And just I know, but just occasionally that bloody song comes back into my head, and I was like, oh. But God, that's it's like Hey Mickey again. by Tony Basil. It's dreadful. No, it's not as bad as that, and it does sound you know vaguely. Oh, oh it's probably wrong, isn't it? Because now you watch her on top of the pops, and you go, oh, she wasn't Chinese. She just had well, the old a, a totem pole. Is mm. nothing compared to what she did. She had the old Wang Chiang makeup on, and that what was about the rain chase with Luton Airport? What about her? I'm just saying. That angered me. Ah, it angered everyone. I must have been about six or seven. I immediately decided, no. I think that's possibly where I got my ideas about class from. Was that... No. That Why was that her on entire shtick, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It was didn't like, matter what she, she was adverts? on. Did adverts? Blankety blank. Uh, Wasn't it not watcher? Or something uh, like that, she said. Mm. Yes, that sort of thing. She was on Emmerdale for about three or four years as was well. She? Yeah, being Lorraine, like Lorraine Chase. Chase. Yeah, oh, I've got no problem with her. I just didn't like the fact that she was on television being loud. Well, yes, that to me, some that was that was ITV. Everybody well, she was on, on give ITV. Us a, clue a lot. ITV. You like give us a clue. I like give us a clue. Give us a clue is magnificent. There that's proper. That's proper. The people who make Would I Lie to You should watch Give Us a Clue and go, oh, that's what we do with the theme music. We do something a bit jaunty. Which we one, don't... though? There's two Give Us a Clue theme tunes. Well, I mean, we can discard the first one because, of course, it's Grange Hill, really. So you like, know. Give Us a Clue. Da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah. With you Michael like that Parkinson. one? Oh, it's like, oh, yes. Oh, it's awful. Oh, no, I love that. Absolutely love it. And Lionel Blair. Doom, ba-doom, boom, boom. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely that's, magnificent. That's worse than Radio Gaga, I'm afraid. It's not. Oh, that should be released as a seven-inch single. I would buy that. I'd spend 40 quid on that. I The mind boggles at what the B-side would be. Probably Lionel Blur tap dancing. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. I'd go with that. Yeah. I'd have that. 
Yeah, oh. you'll be on Discogs now, just seeing. Just in case. I've got a Lionel Blair LP, which is Lionel Blair does uh, aerobics. Um, no. It's like, you know, when you used to get aerobics albums, I I've do, got I one remember. with him. Who's the one? I've got Felicity Kendall doing aerobics on record. No VHS then. Uh, you can use I the just, imagination. Uh, stand at the back and firm up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, you've got that kitsch element to your um, whole thing, though, haven't you? Yeah. You 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 do veer toward the kitsch with all your crossroads and that. No. Oh, yes. I do. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying you do, you know. Oh, no, I mean? absolutely, yeah. Whereas no, I like it's... a bit of straight with Lorraine and Dennis Waterman, you know what I mean? Uh, no, I like, you know, at the end of the day, people in Crossroads, it may have been filmed in Birmingham, but they didn't have Birmingham accents. And if they did, they were a thief. I like yes. that. I like yes. that. <laughs> I fully approve <laughs> of that Noel Gordon rule. No, if you're, if you're in the motel, you have an RP accent. If you've got, if you've got a Birmingham accent, it means you're up to no good. People Good. are still nicking your Crossroads clips on the internet. Are they? Mm. Who's, Unless who's you're the... nicking them. I haven't nicked anything. Who's nicked there was one now? you sent me the other week, which was the punk band mm. recording in the basement. Mm. Yeah, and I saw a tweet of that that had like thousands of likes and retweets. Oh, no, like... I nicked that one. Ah. He's sat through the whole box set already. I, I'm only on disc 49 out of 94. He's done all 94. Who's he? Uh, Ivan, I think his name is, and then someone that said to him, it. "How have you got through it so quick? Have you been doing a lot of it?" And he said, "Oh, sometimes thirty a day." He's not thirty. They're just on. I don't know. There's something hypnotic about it when it's on, you know. Oh, it's dreadful. Oh no, no, it's it's beautiful stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Not Asney. What? Not Asney. Ooh. No, it isn't. Ooh, no. Wouldn't watch it. I'd, had I'd that probably accent. watch an old Corrie or two if it was Stan Hilda and Eddie Yates. Right. If I find you the episode in which Rosemary Hunter goes mad and shoots Ronnie Allen and he puts no effort into being shot whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, literally no effort. In fact, even when he's pleading for his life, while she stood there looking down the lens with this, you know, she's got the gun and she's doing the full psycho bit going, Tell me you love me. And he's just going, No. It's just no, there's no effort being made at all. That's beautiful stuff. Well, oh, you that's... dig me some out and see if you can get me hooked. Right, I will find you a few choice episodes. Mm. I'm sure yeah, I can yeah, manage yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. I, I, could... I hated it at the time. I'll find you the one with the with the vibrating chair episode, which all right. they were for some reason. I don't know why they had a vibrating chair. And then as it fades to commercials, Ronnie Allen is sat in it and somebody turns it on. And he goes from being, oh, and he thinks it's faded out. And he goes, oh, <laughs> just at the last moment, he gets so cross. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Yeah. You like the bits between the bits. I do too. Mm. They are the best bit. The bits in between. How's the vape doing? The vape's doing very well. Although I think I am going to try the uh, the old stuff that you uh, suggested. Where are they? Let me see. Ah. Oh, no, that's product placement if I do this, isn't it? Well, there we'll go are. with that. There we are, Nordic Spirit. Nordic Spirit. Yes, yeah. they are very good. I, I I like the bergamot and wildberry. Uh, the five quid out of Asda for one right. of these little fellows. Mm, we um, don't have an Asda these have version. got me through the week, I have to say. They are, They got me through the show. Mm. 
Absolutely wonderful. So it and could well be slow release nicotine. Yeah, it could well be that we're sort of putting yeah, this to the Yeah, did they not make you cough? Then they made me cough. Don't make me cough at all. No. Mm. But we'll I'm sure you had a good peripheral cough. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see tomorrow was... in the old MRI machine. See if I can sneak it in there and I'll have a quick Ooh. toke whilst I'm going through. <laughs> There's just steam coming out of it. <laughs> the machine's have seen, broken. Have you seen those with the cover off? An MRI oh. machine. Right, because you go into the tunnel, right? Mm. That thing's got something in it that's revolving. Like, yeah, I bet it has. Well, now I don't want to go in it at all, because if that cover came off, it'd take your legs off. I'd need three Valium before getting in one of them. Ooh, not keen. Might stay up all night mainlining crossroads. That might get me through it tomorrow. Just sleep through it. Yeah, yeah. Well... I'm sure all the listeners join me. We wish you well tomorrow, dear. Joking oh, aside, you, dear. we yes. really do. Here we go. We really do. And um, Brown trousers on so that a nurse can do that again, probably. But yeah. See. Well, hopefully yeah. it's a clean bill of health. And, uh, and a clean finger. So. A clean finger. Will our rivers never be clean? <laughs> I had to put I'm that sure line it. in the other night. Wonderful. Because I just don't understand it. It's just funny. Yeah. Henry glanced at his nails. <sighs> Will our rivers never be clean? What? Just, no. Brilliant. Yeah, it's just, just dead wonderful. funny. It is. It's and they all stuff. laughed, so they all agreed. There you go. That's all that you need. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there yes. you go. Yes. Well, um, <sighs> on that note of uh, goodwill to mm, all Carmichael's. Thank you, thank you dear. Um, I, I, shall, I shall come over tomorrow evening and make you feel happier. Well. No, none of that. Oh, good. Right. No, okay. no, 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 no. We leave that to the NHS, the train. I think we leave that to the professionals. I think so. It's a young yes. man's game. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, well, hopefully all well. Sure it will be. Yes. Sure it will be I'm fine. sure it will be. Yes. With all our love and wishes behind it, too. Thank you very much. This is where we freeze frame it, and it says, in memory of. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. You'll be fine. You'll yes. be fine, dear. Um, so, um, on that cheery note, we wish you all a lovely week at home. And mm-hmm. until the next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. Nice.